Right. So we were talking about um, the, the prevalence of addictions in the Jewish community, specifically in the Orthodox Jewish community. So I want to um, see if you can please share your thoughts on that. Okay. So firstly, I wanted to say that I myself struggled with the Jewish community I'm from, from birth. And I struggled with this. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. It's not happening. Nobody knows. Sweep it under the carpet. And I know in the previous generations, that worked for them. They were in survival mode. They were, they were in war. They were busy literally trying to survive. They didn't have time to think about their emotions and their feelings. So oh, and what happened when you had a bad day? If I asked my bubby, who's can I know 101? Layla, we didn't have time to think about if we were having a bad day or not. So there, then it made sense not to talk about things. But in today's day and age where our world is... A, a beautiful but very crazy place. Um, I don't think that, I mean, I know this now, I think that the stigma is not just in the from Jewish community, it's in any insular community. So even in the non-Jewish world, any tight-knit insular community, anything outside of that comes with stigma because everybody knows what's going on with everybody else. And if my son has an addiction, how is my daughter going to get married? And right. all of these come into play. All of these things come into play. But I really believe and I, 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 I thank anyone and everyone who participates in this, that, our, that the world is changing and we are talking about things. There's a lot of people and there needs to be a lot more, but there are a lot of people talking about addiction, mental health anything that's different than the norm, anything that's different from the norm. It's not, it's not just addiction or mental health. I mean, people who have special needs children struggle in this very much the same way. And it's, it's, this is what Hashem delivered to these people. Right. Right. We also, you know, it's a lot of alcoholism is also predisposed genetics. So if your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather were, al were alcoholics, you have a predisposition for alcohol, yes. but that doesn't mean you're ever going to be an alcoholic. You have that choice. And we have to help people to make those right choices, teach them when they're younger before they ever even think about a cup of alcohol or anything else, teach them wholesomeness, teach them, give them the skills that they need to, if they're struggling with someone, they can reach out and pick up the phone. There's someone that they can call. Sometimes it's hard to talk to a parent. So it's easier to talk to an older sibling. Sometimes it's hard to talk to an older sibling. So it's easier to talk to, you know, someone that you pay, someone that you pay, but we need to give, my Bubby always says, we have to give our children roots and wings. Yes. Roots are that the first so 18 years of their life where we are working diligently to help them become the people that they're meant to be in the easiest and the healthiest way. And really talking of talking to our kids, being with them, showing excitement in spending time with our children, the same way we do when we're going out for a night with our friends, you know, it, and, and they feel it and they know it. They know when it's a, you know, I got to check it off on my checklist or, I really want to be with you. I want to know what's going on with you. I want to hear about your day. 
you know, I messaged my son who's in yeshiva um, in Israel. I just messaged him this morning. Hey, how are you? And how, what's going on in your heart? So people, some people think I'm not so, but you know no, what? It's beautiful. The, sometimes the answers are, Hey mom, my heart's fine. Like, and sometimes they're deep, meaningful responses that I would never receive if I didn't elicit that in a conversation 100%. and create that space. I love that. That's actually a really great way of interacting with our kids. And again, it's to show them that they feel seen and they feel included. I really, really believe, like I definitely like resonate with that, like talking to your kids and giving them roots and wings and showing them that you see them and that you want to be them and that you're enthusiastic about being with them and hearing what they have to say is really something, whether they're struggling with an addiction or not, you know, I think it's important either way. So I think that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, so we have time for, we have time for one more question. So, and I want to leave off on a positive of note of hope for those who are battling addictions themselves or who have loved ones who are currently embroiled in that battle. And I find the true stories of inspiration are the best way to generate hope. So could you please share with us a story or two about somebody you know, you don't have to say their name, who has struggled with some type of addiction and who has successfully overcome it? Okay. So firstly, I want to say that well before I started my coaching, um, there is here in Miami a Jewish recovery retreat that Rabbi Mayor Kessler runs. And once a year, there's a Shabbaton and there are addicts and there's their families and their speakers. And I would, would go there every year with my kids and people would say to me, what is wrong with you? Why are you, first of all, why are you going? Second of all, if, you, if you're, you know, today to, and a wacko, why are you taking your children? And what I said to them is spending time with addicts who are working on themselves is the most beautiful experience you can ever have because you're connecting to them. Their egos are gone yeah. because in addiction, ego stands for edging God out. Your ego, if your ego is in place, there's no room for Hashem in your life and the biggest part of recovery is a connection with spirituality. So it's of prime importance for us to be able to do that. Right. Oh, for sure. And so it is so beautiful to see people working on, on themselves. That's, that's what we're here for. That's what, that's our whole purpose. It's so nice. Right. So there you speak to them, you literally, you're connecting on a soul to soul level. Yes. The, the superficiality is, and, and don't get me wrong. We all have superficiality, but we're in, when they're in that heightened space of, of that recovery weekend, they are one big piece of vulnerability and spending time with people who are open and vulnerable and telling you what's in the depths of their heart. I connected with people there on a deeper level than people I've known my entire life. Wow. So to, to be at those weekends for me is, was, is like beyond inspirational. It's not easy. It's one of the hardest things to do is to break your addiction and then to continue to do the work and then to serve others because that's also a big part of it is once you've healed we need to give back. We need to share what I now feel. And I need to share that with others. So I could tell you that I have a very good friend. He is let me see, 65 years old. And he was a hardcore addict, drugs, alcohol, 
lost his family, lost his job, um, slowly started to connect with Yiddishkeit, became sober. Mm-hmm. He just, his daughter just gave him his 31st year chip. Amazing. And Baruch Hashem, he's married and he has beautiful family and children and grandchildren. And the beautiful part is that he doesn't take any of his sobriety for granted. So he's 31 years sober and he'll tell me that there are some weeks that he goes to three or five meetings, depending on the week. If he's having a challenging week, he knows that it takes one second to slip up. Yeah. One second. So he'll go. He goes every week to a meeting. But on the weeks that are more challenging, he goes to more meetings and he's not ashamed of it because Good it's there for him. Yes. The shame is not in getting help. There's no shame in getting help. And that's another thing that we have to be able to share with people is these children, if we don't address this, they are dying. And if they don't die physically, they're walking around as dead human beings. All kinds of challenges, some super severe, some lighter, but it doesn't really matter because it's how it affects that specific person. So what I would say in just leaving is that I think that prevention, right? There's no absolute prevention, but prevention is spending time with people, connecting with people because addiction, the antithesis of addiction, everyone thinks the the opposite of addiction is sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And an addict feels very alone, partly because they've created that for themselves, but they don't see it that way. They just see I'm all alone. And how could nobody see my suffering? How could nobody understand what I'm going through? So to be there, to be supportive, to to just walk over to your child and give them a hug out of nowhere. It just makes them, oh, wow, that felt so good. My mom loves me. I didn't do anything special. And she just came over and gave me a hug. And then there are to stay in recovery. There's three principles. Practice rigorous honesty. Surrender the outcome. Because we don't control the outcome. We control the effort. Hashem is in charge at that point. And the third is do uncomfortable work. In order for us to heal whatever each person is struggling with, the work is uncomfortable. You're re-experiencing whatever you experienced in the past. But if you survived it in real time, you you will survive the re-experience. And if you channel that re-experience properly and with someone to hold you, to support you, it's, it's there, but it's no longer... It's no longer heavy on your heart. You've allowed space for it and you've allowed it to pass through you. 
That's beautiful. I love that. And what an awesome note to end on. So hopeful. There's so much hope. You know, nobody has to give up. Nobody should ever give up, whether they're the ones struggling or they have a loved one who's struggling. There's always, always hope. So thank you. Thank you so much, Devorah Leah, for joining us on America's Top Rabbitsons. This was really an eye-opening discussion. And may the learning that we did today be for Rafua Shalema, for Rivka Bachanina, Sapora Bat Esther, Yoav Ben Sapora, and Arsene Ben Miriam. Thank you so, so much.